You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy, a Dragon Ball Reverend. Thank you, Tim. A Reverend? A Dragon Ball Reverend. What is the Church of the Dragon Ball like, dare I ask? Um, is it just the Kais? Because they're, cause they're gods, right? Yeah, they're not very good at it, though. No, they're not. I, I don't know. I don't see a lot of... In, I don't know what, like, the dominant religion of Dragon World is. That's is there it. any is there any real-world religion that is kind of like, yeah, they're not very good at their job? The gods? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think a a tenet of Greek mythology was that the gods were kind of like <laughs> kind of messed up, like not admirable. Um, I, I mean, more in sort of like an apologetic way. Like, uh, sorry whoops. about this, God. <laughs> whoops, our gods suck. Um, seems like a very British notion, but no, I, I, I don't know of like a modern religion that that has that kind of energy. Well, maybe we should start one. Seems easy enough. Carmen, did you have plans tonight? Did I have plans? Yeah. Other than recording a show? Yeah, can we start a religion instead? I'm sure you will, regardless <laughs> of what else I try to get you to do. <clears throat> I'm sure that will be woven throughout this. Because I'm taking away all your other choices. You ran out, you run out of them. Yeah, this one is the one I can't remember. We're down to one, one folklore story that we're going to read. All right. Which is... Rolla and the two sisters. Rolla? Mm-hmm. How do you spell that? R-O-L-A. R-O-L-A. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were spelling Rollades and then you got tired. <laughs> As often happens to me. <laughs> it's true. It's a very exhausting task. When spelling. Just kind of whenever. Uh, so do we explain what we do on this show? <clears throat> You're going to read us a fairy tale or folklore. Which one is this one? I believe this is a folklore. Uh, Gordy and I have never heard it before, and we're going to talk about it as Carmen reads it, and we're going to do our damnedest to stop her from reading it. And start a Dragon Ball religion instead. <laughs> Look, we're free to do all kinds of things. It's basically, there's going to be two concurrent things happening ag- against each other. <laughs> this has been Gordy and I's 240th attempt to defeat Carmen. <laughs> I am too mighty for you. We are O for two hundred and forty. <laughs> You've had some good good runs though. Yeah, um, we get real close sometimes. That, that I, bus I one got real it, off the rails. Uh, I call it a a victory if we can if we can leave the story in just sort of an unrecognizable state by the end <laughs> of it. Like really, if you've ever played telephone. Uh, like that's what folklore is and we're kind of here to just like cut the line in the middle of it and and see how it ends up all right well the line that you're going to be cutting today comes from the aluthi atoll um from micronesia so it's off in the pacific um this was suggested by jenna our beloved nuisance of the show thank you jenna 
Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. And uh, she sourced this one from Fearless Girls, Wise Women, and Beloved Sisters by Kathleen Regan. Um, and Kathleen found this tale in More Tales from the Eleuthia Toll, edited by William A. Lessa. So, as Gordy said, it is just one big ta- uh, game of telephone. And <laughs> the first person in this telephone circle, this particular one, was a woman named um, Telegothep. I have probably mispronounced that. And she heard the story only once when she was young from an unnamed other person. <laughs> so it's a, a perfect example of how we're going to just fuck quite this whole the, chain right yeah, up. Yeah, quite the trip it has taken to us to get <laughs> tossed in the mud <laughs> and just rolled around like a little piggy. Uh, is this one sponsored by anyone, Tyler? Yeah, we have an executive producer this week. The episode is brought to you by Riley, glutton of all the foods on the Discord. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Riley. Riley is Arn Thompson type 1335, the Eaton Moon. Nice. So when Riley said all the foods, Riley meant all the foods. That's, that's some good moon cheese up there. <laughs> also, very close to leet status. Leet status? Yes. 1335. Couldn't quite get there. Uh, Sadly. It's I, don't, I don't make the numbers. It's I just read them. status. Now, what is leet? <laughs> You're not familiar with leet? Now what what could that what could that possibly mean? That doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a word per se. It's a state of mind, I think. You think leet is a state of mind? As far as I've come to understand it, is it a food of some kind? A leek st- is. Yeah. Yeah. A, a leet is a state of mind, much like the dab or the floss. <laughs> I do know what leet is. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> or You're the just hoping spin. to find something. Yeah, I, I didn't. I do like Carmen's concept that no one has actually physically dabbed before. It's just all a collective hallucination. No, I did see Paul Ryan do it, and I hated it. <laughs> and I guess flossing is not a state of mind, because I have frequently watched unattended seven-year-olds just start flossing in a corner when they had nothing else to entertain themselves with. So It's kind of like meditating. Yeah. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be the damnedest thing if the, <laughs> if all regular forms of meditation were just replaced by vacant flossing in a corner? Well, that's step one of our religion. Perfect. <laughs> Good instead start. Of, instead of meditating uh, motionlessly, you, you must floss. <laughs> Reverently. You can scrub, scrub that nasty string between your legs. I do love the image of like an entire... A congregation of people <laughs> in flossing unison. in unison. Are you when you floss? Are you rubbing that string? Like, are you flossing your butt cheeks? Basically, you're flossing everything down there, man. That's what whatever it, yeah. you got. That's what it looks like. It looks like you're doing something unspeakable with a towel. Well, it, it keeps you clean and dry. It doesn't keep the towel clean, and that's no. That's, but the ta- that's, that's the towel can go in a washing machine. Your ass can't. The it's, towel knew well, what it was signing up for. But your but your butt has just been through a washing machine called the shower. <laughs> yeah, but like unless you're flossing in there, you're not getting getting all that stuff clean. Everybody should get floss. a bidet. <laughs> it's a it's a better way to live. A bidet is the water pick of your butt. Yeah, well, it's still <laughs> it's still an improvement. Look, I think there there's an invention in this. Um mm-hmm. Because I don't want to live my life in a in a world where people just have to like like scrape 
<laughs> like they're, they're undercarriages with a with a, a towel in this undignified fashion. Well, that's what? why we're trying to dignify it. Yeah, by, by making, making it a, a religious a experience. Yeah, everything How? was undignified before somebody dignified it. Yeah, kneeling that used to be a terrible. Like you dealt when what are you, you were inferior dogs? to people. Yeah. Are you a, a chickens? What are you doing down there? So, but then kneeling became a religious thing, and now it's completely acceptable uh, to do. And when now I, it's rad. When yeah, I kneel, so. I it's because I'm uh, I've got shoes like on my knees, and I'm pretending to be a child. We forgot <laughs> that this isn't a ramble cast anymore. I didn't uh, forget. No, nah, this is a real episode. <laughs> so, uh, what the folklore? Improving folklore, improving lives. <laughs> Remember we that thing I said all. about defeating you, Carmen? We fix it all, yeah. Um, I'm making two- a run at it tonight. Is this is this the one where we just don't read a story? <laughs> I've heard this before. It only makes me angrier. We're ten, um, we're ten minutes into this thing. We could keep going. You two have business to attend to. How long do they have to? to be? Gordy, play the, play the music. I'm not going to do that now. Do it. Because this is int- this is an interesting situation. Because like <laughs> I am the one who's going to edit it, and so like it uh-huh. goes in when I want to put it in. Yeah, uh, the music is going to go in elsewhere. Okay, just in the middle of the story. I, I, no, I am going to do boat watch now, but the music is going to come later because I'm not. I, I said I'm not doing it now, and I'm not. I hope that nobody is listening while they're sleeping. This is the um, most rebellious episode ever, which I guess is appropriate because a lot of religions were started in opposition of other ones. So. Uh, I have a segment to do called Boat Watch, which um, you, you'll hear the theme song later, and that'll help characterize it a lot. Um, I'm going to guess whether there's a boat in this story or not. Do we even talk about the story? What is it yeah. again? It's Rolla and the two <laughs> sisters. Uh, no, no boat in this one. All right. That's uh, if, the, if that seemed anticlimactic, it's because it is. <laughs> By design. <laughs> Uh, there is a secret crime phrase active. Uh, every episode now, I get a secret phrase provided to me by our our fan Discord, which you could join for a dollar on Patreon. And they you give too me, can join the efforts to derail my telling you, of a story. You can tell me what to say. Maybe it's a whole damn Disney song. <laughs> That's been the wildest one so far. Uh, but I am provided a phrase that I need to seamlessly work into the conversation without Gordy or Carmen noticing, and they get three tries... They get three guesses to figure it out, and usually they do. (laughs) Because, again, sometimes it's a whole damn Disney song, (laughs) which is not very secret. (laughs) Not the sneakiest of crimes. All right, so I'm going to tell this story, and you two can't stop me. Here we go. Gordon, play the music now. I'm not going to do that either. Damn it. (laughs) We have no power over him. Rolla and the two sisters... Two sisters were living in Mogmog. Mogmog? Mogmog. Also, intern number one is here. I don't know if you can hear her. One of the, the many islands in Micronesia. Yep. One one would think. The thing, what if I split up the boat watch theme into like 32 tiny little chunks and I just, and I put them up to full volume and you'd get like a split second blast of it every couple minutes. <laughs> Gordy, we want people to continue listening to this show. What if you waited until you edited edited this episode down to its completed length, and then you stretch it out to the entire length of the episode, but very low and very soft in the background? (laughs) It's just going to sound like a a big old giant's tummy rumbling. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, remember the uh, the fallout and backlash of the elongated beep? But that's that's different. Don't, no, Another one of my brilliant ideas. No, they'll like this one. Was that your crime phrase, Tyler? Uh, what? Another one of my brilliant ideas. It was not. Okay. It was Strike just one. Damn it. Also living in Mog Mog was a Legacilip, or a man-eating spirit who went by the name of Rolla. Ooh, yes. I like the idea of a man-eating spirit going by a name. Who like, does it tell? I, I didn't get this name at birth, or spirit inception, or whatever it is. It's um, a nickname. But I, I, did, I just, I would like it if you called me Max. Make me real happy. Mm-hmm. Again, I ask, who does it tell? I don't how how did we come by this knowledge if it eats every man? Well, that it maybe comes he shouts it before the eating. <laughs> I am Rola. Rola hungry. And I'm gonna eat this man. <laughs> and people on the other islands are like, fuck. Fuck, man. I don't wanna go to that island. That's a terrible your tourism Rola's industry over there. needs help because you're not attracting. Alright, um, so Rolla liked to go around catching people to eat, as you might expect a man-eating spirit to do. Uh, and he had killed all the people on the island but these last two girls. This spirit has not heard about the drawbacks of overfishing. <laughs> kind of like screwed himself out of people. Yeah. You gotta um, wait like 15 minutes before you can go back to the bog for the golden frog. Sure. Yep. <laughs> is that, wait, is that, a, is that a secret crime phrase? No, it's just it's just uh, advice on how to play Final Fantasy Nine. Ah, damn it! Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you overfish the frog pond, yeah, okay. Uh, one day, Rolla performed some boy, some not divination, and I probably pronounced that wrong. And he learned that there were two more tasty morsels of human beings living on this island. Uh, so he went to hunting, and the two of them hid in the woods, finding a huge tropical almond tree that seemed like a good spot for a life or death game of hide and seek. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a last stand somewhere, yeah, it might as well be in an almond tree. It's very trendy. Uh, unfortunately, the younger one couldn't climb it because her limbs were too small. Uh, this did not slow down the older one though, because every man for yourself when a, <laughs> when a man-eating spirit's hanging out on an island. Oh, good, you'll slow him down. Yeah, more island, climbing time for me. You're on a dead island hellscape. Survival of the fittest. Eating people's probably bad for the gullies, right? The gullies? The gullies? Yeah, your your insides bits. Oh, oh sure. Uh, that's that's a word anyone's ever used to describe that. What? The gullies. <sighs> well, the, <laughs> the older sister kept taking the bark off the tree as she went, and then put coconut oil on the trunk. So the Lego slip, and then also her sister by proxy. Sorry, I didn't mention that part. Definitely couldn't climb up it. Sorolla comes by and he does see the younger, now abandoned sister on the ground. Just crying. He's like, what the fuck, sister? So maybe she couldn't climb up because of the oil and bark removal thing. Like, if the older sister was just doing that as she went, the younger one didn't even have a chance. Couldn't just ride on the back? Yeah. It's, piggyback style? Look, it's you're in a dystopian hellscape here, so... It's an island. It just happens to have a man-eating ghost on it. Yeah, and the corpses of all their friends and family... It's not the the corpses have been eaten. I'm sure not all of them. Bones aren't that digestible. Rolla uses all of the person, every bit for decoration and decor. Yeah, if anything, Rolla is covered in corpses, <laughs> like a corpse Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> it keeps the bones for hats, maybe? It's just using like, people's, like, femurs as stilts. Like those uh, really fancy Kentucky Derby hats just made out of bones. <laughs> just a whole closet full of them. It's real into fashion. Um, so you know those, like, stilt bog people in Mad Max? Yeah. Rolla's doing that, but with bones. Cool. I so can you can get, get a better view of the island, because you're up high, for finding more bones. Future bones. Future bones I like. <laughs> Soon to be relieved from the people who possess them. Um, so Rolla did see the younger abandoned sister on the ground, and he just kind of picked her up and took her home. She was, fortunately for her, too small for a good meal right now, so even though he's bad about overfishing, he does know a thing or two about animal husbandry, I guess, so he keeps her and feeds her. This is a, like, Hansel and Gretel kind of thing? Kind of. Except, like, when you get a, a young pig from the market and you just stuff them full of grains until they're fat enough to make good bacon. Or you just take it home and you love it forever as a friend and pet. Maybe. Because this does go on for, I assume, years. <laughs> because she, it's, the story says she got to be 12 years old. Did the... Okay. Was it... That's a weird way to say that her birthday's tomorrow. Um, she's allowed to be 12. <laughs> she's allowed to get, I'm going to put that on my next invitation. <laughs> I have been allowed to be 31. Come celebrate with me. So, uh, she... Did the other she, sister ever come out of the tree? No, she lives there now. Um, so a young sister got to be 12 years old from whatever age she started. And she would cook for both her and Rolla. So I guess it's like if you were fattening up a cow to eat, and then you learn that the cow can make a mean eggs benedict, so you keep them around for a little longer than you originally intended, because, like, sure, you could have a steak, but then you're going to u- lose years of eggs benedict. Yeah. So what? I think about the long game. I'm assuming that's what happened here. Rolla took home this this kid to turn her into bacon, or a cool steak, or both, and it turns out she could cook pretty well. So I just kind of kept her around for longer than planned. So this is did, plenty of time to get her. Did Rolla not know what food was? Maybe before. that's the whole problem with man-eating spirits. And was just too embarrassed to ask, so it was eating people instead. And you did, yeah, they like just don't they, know what the alternative is? Yeah. Right, they've never been allowed into a restaurant. Or a grocery. Right. You think if somebody would just let them in and give them like like a good like country fried steak with with some mashed taters, get him yeah. get him into the Cracker Barrel, let him play with that thingy where you jump over the pegs. <laughs> that was a good game. I don't think I ever played by the actual rules. Kind of made up my own. You think that you think that would get them off off of man eating? I think so. Probably. There's a lot more variety and interest and, and nutrients. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. Instead of just being like solely a human hunting and eating spirit, I would rather be a uh, a Cracker Barrel menu hunting and eating spirit. That does sound pretty good. And Cracker Barrel has a lot of variety on it, so you could keep a, sure a spirit does. busy there for quite some time. And then you move them onto the Golden Corral when they start Oof. to like look bored and manity again. Like you just keep them rotating. <laughs> Alright, so one day, Rolla left to go fishing, um, and the story keeps referring to him as the Legosolette, but he does say he he goes by Rolla. It gave him a name, so why not use that? Um, and so while he was out, she, the younger sister cooked a meal and took some of it to her older sister, uh, singing a song that went with some kind of tune, 
Ayonama Ituno. Itino. Again, I am I am the whitest white that has ever been, so I am mispronouncing the shit out of this. Uh, the sister answers, ooh, 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 and she replies, Ionama Ito Laitalo. And the older sing- sister, not all of this is translated. They translated mm-hmm. this last bit, so I just w- wrote down the translated ver- version. The older sister sings, I do not want to come because I'm afraid of Rola Rola. And the younger That's sister understandable. replies, yes. hopefully with a lot of sarcasm, because fuck the older sister <laughs> for for even, like, Daring to say she's afraid of this person who has kept the younger one captive, <laughs> whom for you a long left time. me to die with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so younger sister says, "Earl is not here because he went fishing for a fish meal. A fish meal. I taught him what fish is. Call me fish meal. <laughs> <laughs> is that my secret phrase? Call me fish meal. Yeah, that was my secret phrase <laughs> that I gave to uh, myself. So, but he did pay himself a dollar to do it." Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you just broke my brain with that transaction. <laughs> uh, so the older sister comes down from her tree, and they eat together, and they cry together. So that's a good bonding experience, I guess. And then the younger sister goes back to Rolla's house, and I guess the older sister just climbs back up her oil tree somehow. Maybe she's Why? Like, because it's safe. Maybe she's like built herself a treehouse there over the years. Like she's got a cool gig up in the treetops. Yeah, but boy, they had a lot of time to get the younger sister up the tree this time. Yeah, and I they also, did not did not capitalize on that she's opportunity. Older and better, but maybe like it's a cool treehouse, and the older sister doesn't want to share. Does sound like she sucks. So yeah, that sounds super reasonable. What was I thinking? <laughs> Uh, so we're in, I could we're in, die any day down here with this man-eating spirit, but you got a good thing going, so don't let me fucking bother you. <laughs> I'll just keep bringing you your meals. I wouldn't want to impose on your treehouse. Uh, so when Rolla comes home, he notices that the younger sister's eyes are red, and he asks her, Hey, what's up with that? And she says, well, I just got Stop some it. Sm- I just got some smoke in them while I was cooking. And he believes her, because that's actually a really good excuse. Well done, younger sister. <laughs> like, that's reasonable. Everybody's heard the one about onions. Yeah. Uh, this repeats for two more days exactly the same. We can skip all that. Uh, but by the fourth day, Rolla starts to get a little suspicious that the the cool meat that he has adopted, who makes a mean eggs benedict, has not learned to keep the damn smoke out of her eyes. And that's it's a long time to keep having smoke in your eyes. So he tells her he's going fishing, but he Ferris Bueller's his canoe with a driftwood log. So it looks like he's in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes back to the island. It's quite the jutsu. Yeah. And and like does a spy. Yeah. And witnesses the whole wild sister feeding song situation. So the younger sister goes back home and he comes into the area with the tree and he tries to sing the same song, but his voice is too low. So the older sister does not fall for his tricks. Pretty sneaky. Pretty sneaky sis. Good for her. But then he raises his pitch. <laughs> like he uh, does a falsetto. Uh-oh. Oh. The one, he just does it. The one. The, he cracked it. Um, and the older sister suffers an instant memory loss and comes down and he swallows her whole. It's like the brown note, but for your memory. <laughs> just makes your memory take a big old poop on itself. 
Uh, so Rolla goes back home, and the younger sister knows that he's eaten her sister somehow. I don't know because, if he's because he, she could see her pressed up against his tummy, <laughs> <laughs> like the Stranger Things. <laughs> um, she's spelling out "Save me" on his tummy, <laughs> on his his big old tum tum. He just happens to have a necklace with the alphabet on it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, she sees the Stranger Things stomach impression of her sister, and her response is to take two barnacle shells and place them under her tongue. Okay, that would be my first response as well. It seems, yeah, seems very logical to me, actually. I keep one in each back pocket. Just in case. Yeah. So Rolla comes into the the house and demands that she brings him food, and she counters by demanding that he bring her food, which is a pretty bold move. Good job. Try this with your boss. Bring me that report. <laughs> You bring me the report. You do it. <laughs> I'm the boss today. I'm the boss man now. Cigar so, me. So he says, I told you to bring me my food because I want to eat. And the girl says, I told you to bring me my food because I want to eat. Uh, he says, I told you what to do, but you are just saying the words I am saying. I am going to come kill you. And she says, well, I, I told you what to do, but you're just saying the words I am saying. I'm going to come kill you. I will say, this is probably the most accurate 12-year-old we've ever heard on this show. It's so true. Um, and he says, I told you these things, but if you do not obey, I will come and get you. And she repeats this again, so he's really getting the picture of what it's like to parent a 12-year-old. The notes I put in here right before you said that. Um, so he, he does not like this little taste of parenthood he's been given, so he swallows her instead. Uh, this is a thing oh. I'm sure many parents have been tempted to do, but just not had the man-eating so mouth. their child hole. <laughs> I was like, you're going to play the repetition game with me? Well, get in my belly. All right, so both sisters have been swallowed whole, so they're fine, of course. Um, the young sister takes the shells from her mouth and gives one to the older sister. Uh, both of them start to cut into his stomach, and he responds to this with his stomach ache song, where he sings about how he eats fish. And his stomach doesn't hurt. He eats coconut meat, and his stomach does not hurt. He drinks a palm toddy, and his stomach does not hurt. But he eats a baby. He eats his child. So he has adopted his meal. Uh, my stomach hurts. When he was finished singing his stomach ache song, his stomach broke open. The two sisters climbed out, went to take a bath, as I'm sure you would need. And then I... They move into his house. I don't know if they dispose of his corpse or if they just kind of live around it. Or is he still fine? Huh? Is he still fine? No, he's dead. He's dead. What a weird musical number. (laughs) 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 Wow. I think musical is a really good final form for this story. It does feel like sort of where it's trying to get to. Yeah. So they move into this guy's house and then one day... I guess when they're bored, they go to Sorlin and uh, Potangiris, and they tell everyone that Rolla was dead. And then they go back to Mogmog, and they become chiefs of that island, and I guess maybe some other people come with them, so they have something to chief about. And that's the end. <laughs> Hell yeah, do it. <clears throat> okay. So, shall we uh, fix this one up? Yeah, let's take a let's take a swing at it. I have a question right off the bat. Okay. How'd they get from island to island? Paddling. (laughs) 
just just, just doggy style. Just just pat yeah, just paddling around. They're good canoe. They're they're what, Gordy? They're good canoe. Now what is that? Um it's a it's a thing that I put into the story which wasn't there. Mm, I see. Um canoe is an acronym for can please please tell me can ambulate non nautically not no tickly now tickly is the n and the o everywhere what <laughs> you heard you heard me can ambulate no tickly which is the no everywhere ev- everywhere what which is the N-O? N-O is nautically. Oh, oh, okay. N and O are... It's Combined. like a capital about, N, lowercase O. Gordy, how about nautically on everything? Um, <laughs> no, I like it my way No, better. I like no tickly. <laughs> yeah, no, t- no tickly. <laughs> no tickly's everywhere. <laughs> What's... There's nothing... There's nothing... Yeah, but I, but I did that part. Did they actually mention a boat in this story anywhere? No, I was just asking because they said they went to an island and then went back. But did they? Which, but did they mention a boat anywhere? They did not Probably. specifically call out a boat. See, that's like it's just an implied. There's one. an implied boat. It's there's an implied boat, but there wasn't actually one in the story. Now was there? Did it appear? There was not. Did it appear in the text of the page? Because what I did is I put a needle into a gun. And I and I and I shot it through. I know I put the thread. Wait, this metaphor is going to come together. Hold on. No, I like the other one better. I put the needle into. Were you shooting gun. the needle at the thread? Yeah, out of a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I did that, and it went and it went over the thread because this took place in Micronesia, which is just islands, just tiny little islands, uh, and there was actually no boat mentioned anywhere in it. Did you? Oh wait, hold on. No, no, we've no. no there we've was, decided. There was one. Remember, he Ferris Bueller and his canoe. Mm, but that stands for can ambulate. <laughs> we've been over this. Yeah, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna cut that out anyway. <laughs> All right. So officially, Gordy did not get this one, but under Gordy law, he gets what he wants because I, I did. That was a no scope. <laughs> Uh, the right. first thing that we need to fix is that this guy needs to stop eating people whole. That's, yeah, that's a start. I mean, yeah, like, we could start a whole therapy session for our various monsters to teach them how to fucking chew their food. Um, yeah, to be clear, I don't mind that he's eating people. It's just that <laughs> eating them whole allows for retaliation. So that's and if it, you're going to fix the story for Rolla. It does, in fact, invite retaliation, I would say. Now... What are your thoughts on Church of the Knife potential status here? I I was thinking about it. How old is this story? Um, is this the first knife? Oh, the, the very first knife, you think? In the world. I doubt this is the first knife. I feel like this is a, a subsect of the Church of the Knife or a new creed of the Church of the Knife that says, like, when no knife is available, create a knife out of the materials you're given. I... I mm. Yeah, like it's got it's got the it's got that flavor, doesn't it? Believe the it knife in your heart. Like, like if you're if you're a super good member of the Church of the Knife, anything in your hands can become a knife if applied properly. That's your like yeah your your most uh, special skill. It's just like 
anything in your hands is a knife if you will it hard enough in your heart. That's like uh, it's like the dwarf in Terry Pratchett's Thud, who doesn't carry an axe. His axe is in his mind, and so he can use his hand as an axe. That's all you need. Yeah, like that's when you transcend knife, you <laughs> become the knife. I mean, the reality is that they've all all. They have all always been the knife. Right. They just have to unleash the knife within and sometimes use a shell instead because that's what's available. The knife is like Michael's secret stuff. What? Meaning what? In the hit film Space Jam. Yeah. And I know that this is not a Japanese tale, so I shouldn't even be talking about Space Jam. <laughs> that is a rule to. that the we knife, follow very strictly on this show. The knife has always been a placebo. Yeah. What? It's it's just it's just a helpful tool to get you to the state of mind you need to be in to do miracles. Oh, I see. Cuz um, I feel like this 12-year-old servant to a man-eater has exhibited the gumption and survivability and intelligence required of a knife miracle saint. I think I think so. Like I, I, we're just talking about technicalities, right? Yeah. Right. Um I mean this this lady even got the person she was knifing to sing a song about how she was knifing him. Yeah, like that's that is that is very Church of the Knife kind of energy, and I and I for one am willing to. Um... She also used the power of being a twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like she tapped into that core obnoxiousness of childhood and <laughs> a used it as bait <laughs> to get him to. To, like to get so frustrated whole. that he, that he would eat her. Yeah, I am. I'm willing to. I am willing to look past the um, the technicality on this one. So I would. I would vote yes. All right, newest Church of the Knife inductee, <laughs> Rolla's chef. It sucks they that the only names, person right? that got a name was the man-eating monster spear, and he didn't even get called by his name for most of the story. I, I changed all of the references to his species to be his name, because if a monster tells you that he has a preferred name, like, <laughs> use, use it. it. Jerks. Uh-huh. All right, so this has to be a musical. It already is. Sure feels Lin-Manuel like Miranda, we need you. <laughs> if you're listening to this, this is your next project. I, d- I do think, I think he could make a, I mean, he's he's a very talented boy. I think he could make a good go of most things, but... Um, yeah, he's done like island Pacific Island music before in in the Moana movie. Mm-hmm. Can you guys help me visualize how this is performed on stage? Mm. Um, this song in particular, the stomachache one. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, where, the, ma- um, the man-eating monster needs to be played by multiple people stacked on top of each other in a costume. It's right? a big trench coat with stuff painted on it. So that yeah. actors can just dive through it at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's like a it's like a giant puppet. Like a you know you you take the the people who did the visual design for the Lion King, mm-hmm. you put them on props on here. Lin Manuel Miranda puts together the music. Can we just take the King Kong Broadway puppet and remaster paint, it? Paint it green. Sure, that sounds good. Maybe add some horns and stuff to it. I don't know if there's like an image. Of a Lego Celeb out there? Let's see. See if there's any, like, cryptid info about this. Well, you just take the Broadway Shrek paint and put it on the Broadway King Kong. And maybe the Shrek ogre ears? What are they? Suckers? 
the, the weird, suckers weird on his head. head suckers you know yeah. um you know in the first dungeons and dragons movie uh yeah when when profian wants to punish damodar 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 with the blue lips mm-hmm. and he makes he makes like the weird snaky things go uh, out and into him that's that's what this is a this is a really specific poll for like nine people out there but i think that's what it's probably on youtube i think yeah uh look up look up um i'm gonna see if i can find it like really fast but i think that's what shrek's got up there it's a fetish for someone so fun fact when you google lega slip google will just kind of pull up everything that's like us asleep hashtagged on instagram is asleep leg asleep on instagram or twitter oh. so it is like my google search of the lego celeb it brought up a couple of references to the story specifically and um like one other reference to uh it's a mythology and folklore exam so there's mm-hmm. another story um we should probably take that someday we're gonna fail like okay so <laughs> terms in this set 55 functionalist yeah Myths serve a social purpose, promote group identity, solidarity, justify social practices, reconcile people who to what they cannot change, affects whole society. Examples, the Pulap navigate well because uh, Palilup's daughter was taught by the Lega Celep, so myths about death allow people not to fear it, but to face life and get to work. So that is the functionalist interpretation. <laughs> Just tell them not to go on the hangout island because ghosts are there. Um, you got a job to do? <laughs> ideological. Myths serve political purposes. They advance the interests of one particular social group slash clash slash nation. So I guess these are like how you approach. This is like a set of flashcards on Quizlet.com. Yes. That's teaching us how bad we are at what we do. Because Vernon's contextualized structuralism sounds like crazy nonsense. Structuralism is weird. In general, myth does not resolve contradictions, but instead embodies contradictions, employs ambiguities, and express ambivalence. Structural analysis should be contextualized historically and culturally. These flashcards probably make a lot more sense if you've studied. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know. <laughs> I, I, can tell sort of, I can tell what they're getting at. It is, it is the squeaky yeah. toy going absolutely nuts in the background that is making it difficult for me to to kind of zoom in on their. Yeah, Carmen, I think Pennywise is behind you. <laughs> like, that toy is getting pulverized while we're reading about, like, structural <laughs> mythology or whatever. <laughs> that toy's in, like, a whole other room. I don't know if I need to, like, reduce the input volume on this thing. No, I think it is very additive to the program. <laughs> I hope it is very additive to the program. Our new intern, the puppy, is doing a good job of, of creating... Uh, an extra layer of sound experience to our podcast. Uh, so yeah, for visual reference for our Lego Select costume, we largely have a series of pets asleep on asleep on legs, human legs. So we need to figure out how to turn that into a puppet with a big mouth <laughs> and a big old butt. Big big old butt, and then like a really inappropriate Lisa Simpson meme that I don't understand why it fits in here. <laughs> Nothing on Legolas. Don't see anything on Legolas, just like really gross Lisa Simpson things. What? No. Multiple Lisa Simpson things? No, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like um, DeviantArt? No, it's it's the meme where she's standing in front of the... Um, the Chalkboard? Yeah, and there's words on it. 
But and it's words. words written by gross bad people. Uh, I see. Um, and then there's the one where it's Area 51 is where they keep the working McDonald's ice cream machines, which is by far the most appropriate. <laughs> um, so if we can incorporate... That's why they don't want you to Naruto run at it. Yeah, so we need to somehow take the King Kong puppet. Yeah. We need to give it, like, Lisa Simpson spiky hair mm-hmm. and embody the the atmosphere of a whole bunch of animals destroying the circulation of your legs. And I do have to stress just a hunk a hunk of burning butt on that thing. Yeah, such a such a good butt. Why the butt? Is the I'm butt just, it's the butt thing your secret a, phrase? I is this have your an secret phrase? Asphyxiation right yeah, now. is this is this your secret phrase? Is what my secret phrase? Hunk a hunk of burning butt. Damn it, yes. <laughs> I was, you also said did you say ass asphyxiation? Yes, okay, I did. That, I was going to go for that and I one. Meant, and I meant fixation. Okay. But I put, <laughs> okay. but I put ass in it twice. Okay. I, I'm sure I, ass asphyxiation is also a fetish. I was, I was, Absolutely I was hoving is. in on that one as a potential secret <laughs> phrase coming at you from both sides. All right. If someone is editing our wiki, yeah. which does exist, but we keep forgetting about it, um, like we like Doritos have a wiki, um, <laughs> and we are like... just as deserving. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to add, uh... we are just as critical to future generations as 3D Doritos. That's our claim. Rip and power, family. 3D Doritos. Um, yeah, just add a page where we tally up who, which of us wins the Tyler crime face. Um, I have All a right. question. Yeah? Do you guys think that Scooby-Doo is like folklore pirate radio? Continue. <laughs> I, I like where this is going, but I'm not ready to I'm not ready to say yet. Well, I was just thinking about it when Carmen was saying, was reading us the flashcards. Yeah. About the, the purpose that the story served was it was to like ward people away from straying from their tasks. Mm-hmm. And that just struck me as a very Scooby-Doo plot. Ward people away from straying from their tad. Did Scooby-Doo involve, like, morality tales, basically? Well, like, every Scooby-Doo story is about a grumpy old person who wants, like, the the youths to just keep their heads down and stay in line. And at the end of every episode, it is revealed that it's the olds that are tricking you. Sorry. Yes. Don't listen to their stories. Yes. They're all made up gunk. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can I can see where you're going with it. <laughs> or is every folklore Scooby-Doo episode where, like, the story itself is the old man in the hat trying to, to scare you into keeping the factory open or whatever? This is what I'm saying. Or shutting that it Scooby-Doo down. was trying to explain to you that all these stories that you've heard are tricks. Ah, uh-huh. That sounds right. And and just do what you want and party all the time. I'm going to be honest with you. I like the phrase um, Scooby-Doo is pirate radio enough that I I am willing to go through some contortions to make this true. Whether or not it it really fits. Put it on the wiki. (laughs) To make this happen. All right. So, yeah, we have our we have our Lego celeb costume. We're just stealing the, the gorilla from King Kong. And did I say hunk a hunk of burning butt already? You did. Yeah. And we caught you at it. Um, Just the the juiciest, sveltest <laughs> haunch back there. 
We need an opening song number where he goes by the name of Rolla. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Is that anything? Just Quasimodo with a big old The hunchback of the hunchback of the island. Surely not Notre Dame. (laughs) Well, wherever. The hunchback of the opera. There's just a twerking Quasimodo somewhere. No, please give it to me. (laughs) Please, I need that's that's surely surely in existence. Um, I don't know. Look, what are what are we doing to this story anymore? I I've lost. We're turning we're turning it into a musical. We just figured out. Are costuming. we still doing that? <laughs> I'm we just got running a little out the distracted. Clock. I boy, I have I have lost I have lost the the thread of the musical. Um, we didn't start the musical part. We just got well, I, the costume. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm. <laughs> this new recording setup has some weird energy. It does. Um, all right, so opening number, Rolla goes by his name. He chooses his name and introduces himself and eats every like all the extras. So it's narrated by Rolla. Yeah, he's the only one with a name, so sure. He's our protagonist now. He's the uh he's a tragic hero though. Yeah. So his hubris doesn't get solved and it leads to his downfall. And by hubris I mean man hunger. I think Lin Manuel could really sink his teeth into this. Yeah, like, we need to expand it a little bit so it will become a musical, but, like, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber has gotten a... Having the villain narrate is very Hamilton. Yeah. It's very Aaron Burr. Andrew Lloyd Webber has gotten away with very small plots becoming major hit musicals. So I don't think we need to add, like, aspects to this. We just gotta push that time to the two-hour musical mark. So I don't think we have to add anything to it. We just have to pick something to sing about. Right. So every, first, every ten minutes. First song is introduction, and then eating. Uh, and then we need a song where the girls introduce themselves. Can the first song be about how Rolla thinks that he ate the last human on the island? Yes. And now, who can he introduce himself as Rolla to? Because he is really proud of that name. Um, and <clears throat> maybe, maybe there's a little winky wink fourth wall break where maybe he's going to come out and eat some of you in the audience if you're. If you get rowdy, um, oh, I, I like can that. Can he do it? Can he do it to like a to like a skull or something that he's got there? Some of the, <laughs> yeah, style? some of the bones on the island. He's like, yeah, I've, like I've already eaten. Oh, that's right. We do need him wearing yeah. bone stilts. Yeah, he just pulls a skull off of his bone jacket. He's like, I ate you <laughs> and all of your friends and basically, like, basically just everybody. And There's the a ends- twinge of sadness because he is alone now. Maybe that's yeah. the reprise. Wait, oh yeah. So yeah, we have like the introductory song where he is introducing himself mm-hmm. uh, to people and then eating them, and then we have like musical number where we see the girls like hiding away, being mm-hmm. the last ones alive, and then we have the Rolla's reprise where he's just singing <laughs> to his his skulls, and it's kind of like uh, the Jean Valjean song in Les Mis where he just like he ends it on like I'm two four six oh one. But it's it's like I'm Rolla, uh-huh. <laughs> just sung really loud to the sky, holding a skull in each hand. I do enjoy plagiarism. Always, always good. Yeah, um, it gets the job done. Look, it's Lin Manuel's job to turn that into, a, like, to steal all the pieces and turn it into something original. <laughs> we just have to point him in the which, within what direction the heist should go. Uh, 
Yeah, then we need this not divination song where he sings and there's like actors puppeting knots and the knots sing back at him and tell him about the people. Um uh, we need the betrayal sister song. Yeah. Is that the act break? That's yeah, that's our that's our break for uh, intermission. The first act of this musical is a lot shorter. <laughs> It's just the opposite of how it typically is. Yeah, it's a real surprise. <laughs> you feel like you just sat down and they're telling you to go to the bathroom. Well, it also tricks you into thinking, all right, well, this is hot nonsense, but it's going to be short because <laughs> <laughs> the intermission's here. Then the next half of this place is going to be like uh... 15 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that's going to be a necessary thing where we just trick the audience. Um yeah, then we have the um, the work song, which we can also plagiarize a little bit from uh, Les Mis. We can kind of slam together the the look down song with Castle on a Cloud, and that's gonna be younger sisters like key musical piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we can have I our... add another swerve to the opening of Act Two? Sure. Just like two chipmunk characters, we never see them again. They're they're just. <laughs> They're just at the beginning of Act Two, and they're explaining to you the acronym for canoe <laughs> in song form. They're not even native to this region, <laughs> but it is full cat style makeup, but chipmunks. I mean, it's like like the um, one the of animated. Them is, uh, one, yeah, they have to introduce themselves to like the cats. Right. So it's just like Timmy Sticks and Pibble Pibble Jim. <laughs> I don't know Pibble. Pibble on its own is a pretty good name. Timmy Sticks and Pibbles got a good ring Timmy to it. Timmy Sticks and Pibbles are very good. And and they they perform a similar function to the let's all go to the lobby uh, animated popcorn box. <laughs> Except you just got back from the lobby. <laughs> right. So they're eating the the good snacks that you should have bought. <laughs> to, to fill you with regret so that next time you come to this theater you, you're like all right <laughs> i really was craving the uh the popcorn once those chipmunks started snacking on it while they told us about and, good and, news. and yelling about no tickly <laughs> all right so yeah you've got that and then curtain rises on like key song for this character which we do steal from two songs from lame is um we have the the ghost fishing. We have the song already built in there where the two sisters are singing it to at each other from the tree. Um, but youngest sister's song needs to be super sarcastic. To her sister? Yeah. When she's leaving again? Like, when she's bringing the food, too. Like, I got your fucking fish. <laughs> Come down now, asshole. <laughs> um, and, yep, and we have them leap into the puppet. Well, he, we have the puppet eating her. You get cool light well, effects. Before that, there's the whole smoke in the eyes thing. Oh yeah. So, so in, in the in the program, there's a song called "Smoke in the Eyes," but it's not sung at all. It's just like recycled percussion in the kitchen. Is that a as, rap? As she, what's that? Is that a rap where they? No, there's no vocals at all. Okay. It's well, maybe there's some like dooby doo da ba da's like the Tarzan song. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this one's lifted from Tarzan. Uh, <laughs> She's she's, as she's cooking banging and making, around in the kitchen. Yeah, she's making all the music from her cooking utensils as she explains exactly. in a rhythmic fashion that she has smoke in her eyes. Um, 
We need a tricking song when he does the Ferris Bueller canoe thing. And some of these can be very short also. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 30-second song. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to trick her. Here's my canoe. Chipmunk's the best musicals it. keep the viewers on their toes. It's just, it's just a couple, <laughs> just a couple of lines, almost as if they're just kind of humming to themselves. And I, I do have some notes for the tech team. This is just, this is just for the light crew. Every once in a while, it's full theater lights <laughs> while the show's still going. So you're not sure if you're supposed to stand up and go back out to the lobby, but then the lights go back down and you get another song. Also, he will eat one audience member in the opening of the show every day. It is marked under your chair. <laughs> Who gets right. eaten that day? He's done. Yeah. You don't really you have dive a choice. You into the big costume. Well, the big costume picks you up and puts you but in. Then, but then, you, then, get, then like, you get to watch the, the show from inside the costume, though, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's like a cool VIP treatment. You're not going to get that experience anywhere else on Broadway. <laughs> it's true. That's how we can keep this art form alive. Stunts. Cool audience participation forced stunts. Um, yeah, so the eating thing happens, the lights all turn red, and it's it's a very it's the midpoint crisis of our play. But it's already acting. <laughs> it's act. It's toward the end of act two. It's our midpoint crisis. We're just gonna fuck with all the Can pacing. Can we stick in like? Like just twenty or thirty short acts at the end, each with their own intermission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? The chipmunks can p- come back for one of them to remind you about the canoe thing. They really want to stress that canoe thing. Um, and then at the very end of the show, there is a quiz about what the canoe was. I think our strongest song is going to be the twelve-year-old taunting song. Like that, we need to spend a lot of time on that one, and it needs to have like belts in it. Like they gotta belt the the repetition and taunting. What is? I am not a musical person. Well, I, I enjoy musicals. I just don't know any of the terminology of songs. What is the thing where like row 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 your boat? Where it's sort of like a, a delayed round. a round. Yeah, it's yeah. called a round. That song is a round. Yeah. The, the taunting one is a round. Yeah, it's, but it's around with the same emotional capacity of Elphaba's, like, rising up into the sky with her, uh, <laughs> with her, uh, broomstick, just belting out, you're never gonna to bring me down, but instead mm-hmm. it's just a 12-year-old repeating what a monster says. <laughs> but that level of energy, and around. Then we got the Stomachache Song. The whole song is power notes, is what you're yeah. saying. And then we have um, the end song is then becoming Chiefs, but it needs to be sung to the same tune of the one where Rolla introduces himself. So it gives a dark implication that these two girls have become the kind of chief that Rolla wasn't. It's an additional reprise. Yeah. They take his house and maybe they take his name because they never got a name. And probably his bone jacket. Should we give them names in this or should we make that part of the musical confusion experience where the, the two like main characters don't have names you see you you learn their names at the very end as as two like village kids run up to them cheering and calling for them and their names are timmy sticks and pibbles (laughs) they're timmy sticks and pibbles i was gonna say and and then it's just black can i pitch another another set of names and maybe we run into some legal issues with this i'm not sure but it's it's worth considering. 
Can they be called Bebop and Rocksteady? <laughs> I knew I knew those were the names that you're you gonna choose. See, my thought was like the Rolla song is about him choosing his name, and they take his house. So what if they take his identity also, and it's just a full identity theft, and that's the moral of the story? Can I offer a suggestion, yeah. Gordy, to avoid any legal yeah. trouble? Be Rock and Bob. Yeah, Steady. I was gonna see. I was gonna say Be Borp and <laughs> and since uh, I don't know something else. Be Borp and Bob Bob. What about Be Borp and Pebbles? <laughs> Plop Steady. Plop Steady. It's pretty good. So I think we fixed that. Lynn Manuel, just give us a call when you get this. I know that you're, you're like you're listening to this. You're on the internet all the time, and we you are like awesome. podcasts. Yeah, you especially like this one. It's your favorite. Um, if any of you know Lynn Manuel, just like just poke him. Um, yeah, and this will be a, the next hit musical with audience participation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll steal from all of the best musicals. So many twists and turns. Like how can this one can't fail because we've got the costume puppetry of the Lion King mixed with the aesthetics of the King Kong musical mixed with um, like the best songs from Les Mis and Wicked. It, it can't fail. And this this thing just has such a good butt. And if there's anything an audience loves, it's butts. If I'm in it. So I think we fixed this one. Yeah. And sorry, guys, I told you a story. You didn't defeat me. <sighs> so Maybe yeah, we took time. we took the long telephone train of this story that was listed at the beginning of this episode, and it ended on a Lin Manuel Miranda music with a stolen King Kong costume. So I think we there did pretty go. good. Um, so thank you to Jenna, nuisance of the show. We love you very much. Um, thank you, Jenna. Thank you to Riley Glutton of all the foods for sponsoring this one. Thank you, Riley. Thank you. Um... Thank you to everybody who has been tweeting about the show, following us, um, saying good stuff to us on Twitter. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Tailwagging Podcast and Jackie Bauer for following us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you to all of our patrons on Discord for keeping our podcast full of crime. Thank you. And keeping us entertained all the time. Uh, thank you to our top-tier patrons, Maya, Spaghetto Depressi, A Lemur, Angela, Cole, who will catch Tyler and destroy Kevin, Caitlin, Frank, Riley, Glutton of all the foods, Alex, Little Smorgasbord, Danielle, Wyatt, Soapy Foten, Kelty, Olwyn, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, McGregor, uh, Nathan the Scott, uh, Yahweh Yahweh, Letitia, April, DPRCM, The Day Dude, Pyrus, High Listus of Wimbus, Grace Ambassador of the Good Wimbus Very Fast Incorporated, Snufkin with Knife for President 2020, Jeremiah, WT Folklore, but she's stuck in an infinite loop and they're an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like our. <laughs> uh, Haley, Tim, Goof.exe, Fatal Error, No New Goof Available. Dominic, Justin, Lily, Jenna, Jen, Heather, Hi, Meow, Lady of the Cult of Cricket. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you all. And th thank you always, Doug. Thank Thanks, you, Doug. Doug. Thank you, Pibbles and thank Plop Thank you, Pibbles steady. and Plop Thank steady. you, Pibbles and Plop Steady. That's folklore, baby. That's folklore, baby. Where what's the folklore? That's how it works.
This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.